Those are the three principles we've looked at so far. Today, we're going to talk about tomorrow matters. Tomorrow matters. Now, if you ask a group of people, uh, you know, what is there is your favorite creature or your favorite animal that God created, okay? What do most people choose as their favorite animals? A lion, okay? A dog, a giraffe, a... A what? Oh, a penguin, okay, all right, a penguin, all right. Yeah, there's all these animals that we choose, all right, you know, that are cool in some way or another. You name our, our sports teams, right, after lion, shark, okay. These are cool animals. How many people, how, how often have you ever chosen an ant? Never, right? Look what God has to say about the ant. Proverbs chapter 6. Verse 6, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provision in summer and gathers its food at harvest. You know, this is actually a very humbling verse in the Bible. Because it tells us that you need to go and learn. He's saying, people, go and learn from the ant. He doesn't say, go and learn from the elephant, or go and learn from the lion, how to be brave and strong, or go and learn from a whale. He says, go and learn from an ant, people. It doesn't require a commander or an overseer. But what does the ant know? The ant knows that tomorrow matters. Tomorrow matters. And so the ant doesn't consume everything that they collect. In fact, they store up provisions in summer for winter because they know tomorrow matters. Now, I read an article in the newspaper that South Africans have one of the worst saving rates in the entire world. We are the worst savers on the planet. And it's not because some salaries are low and expenses are high. Uh, the Chinese earn less than we do, yet they manage to save four times more by percentage than we do. Okay? In fact, according to the Southern government statistics, South Africans are now borrowing more money than we are saving. So if we were ants, we would not only not be saving up provisions for winter, we'd actually be eating winter's provisions now in summer. <laughs> is what the government is saying about us. And God is saying, you need to learn from the ant. Okay? Proverbs 21 verse 20. It comes up on the screen. It says this. The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. Or the NLT says this, fools spend whatever they get. You know that when you realize tomorrow matters, it changes the way you handle the money and resources that God gives you today, doesn't it? All right? It really does. You know, instead of whatever comes in goes out, all right, when you get a salary increase, you say, cool, and you upgrade your lifestyle, all right? And you say, wow, look at that salary increase. Now I can afford a whole bunch more stuff. So no matter what happens with your salary, your expenses just keep up with it. We get a bigger car. We go on fancier holidays. We buy more shoes, sisters. All right? Fill up those, those cupboards with more shoes. All right? 
I touched a note there. All right, okay. Um, no, we need to learn from the ant. Now, Proverbs 6, the message translation from, from Proverbs 6 is quite harsh. All right? Look at what the, the message translation says this. You lazy fool. Look at the ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer, it stores up food. At harvest, it stockpiles provisions. So, how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed and nap there, a nap here, a day off here, a day off there? Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. Ow. Ow, that hurts, okay? That is scary. Now, it's not just the Old Testament and the Proverbs that, that entrust us and say, come on, people, think about tomorrow. Tomorrow matters. Jesus even tells a parable. It's a famous parable called the parable of the talents, okay, uh, or the parable of the three servants. Now, the talents, we always we sort of interpret as the gifts or the abilities that people have given somebody, but it's not really gifts or abilities. Talents was an ancient form of, of money, all right, of, of measuring money. So what happens in this parable is that uh, God, the, the, the master, goes uh, to, a, um, uh, to three servants and he gives one uh, five bags of silver. Then he gives to another uh, two bags of silver and to another guy one bag of silver. And he says, now go off and do something with what I have given you. Right, And so what happens is he comes back after a period of time and he goes to the first servant, the guy got five, and he says, what did you do? And the guy responds, well, I took five and I invested it and I got five more. And he says, well done, that's awesome. He goes to the two, what did you do? And he says, you gave me two, I took two, I invested it, I got two more. And he goes to the guy, I got one. And the guy says, well, I was afraid, so I just went and dug a hole in the ground and stuck your, your money underground. Here it is back. And the master is not happy. He's not happy. He says, man, you wasted what I gave you. You wasted what I gave you. And so the, 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 he has some very encouraging words. We're actually going to read them now for the guy who actually invested what he was given and made it grow. And this will come up on the screen. Verse 19 of Matthew chapter 25. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account for how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had been entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master is full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So we see Jesus teaching a parable about investing and using what God gave us because tomorrow matters. And he has very kind and complimentary uh, words to say to the servant who invested and gave more. In fact, he praises them, he gives them a promotion, all right, and then he says, time to celebrate, let's celebrate together, okay? The guy that didn't invest the money but simply returned what he had given, he says, you are a lazy, wicked servant. It's harsh words. It's tough words. But the parable gives us a very important principle. 
that when God gives you something, when he gives you resources, he expects you to use it wisely. And so tomorrow matters. And when you realize that, when you get that in your mind, it changes what you do with your resources today, doesn't it? And so today, we're going to be looking at some principles in the Bible about investing. That's what we're going to be talking about, all right? Now, some may be thinking, what on earth? I, you know, this is church. Why are we doing this? Well, Jesus talked about investing, all right? He talked about how important it is that what God entrusts us with, we make it grow. And so there's some important Bible principles that we can learn from about this, all right? Now, I'm also going to state the obvious. I am not an investing specialist, Okay? I'm a minister, okay? I'm not going to give you some hot stock tips about what to buy on the stock market, all right? What I'm going to share with you are some Bible principles that will help you to use the resources that God has given wisely. All right, so is that good? Amen. Amen. All right, so number one, don't invest in things you don't understand. Don't invest in things you don't understand. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 to 4, amen. By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. You know, the Bible says that wisdom, understanding, and knowledge are important in wealth management. As you manage what God has given you, all right, you need to apply wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. In fact, a man's house is filled with rare and beautiful treasures by using that wisdom uh, in your investments. So don't invest in things you don't understand. So when I was working in the computer industry, um, I heard about this brother that was doing these, uh, these investments in the U.S. And what he would do is, is you would give him some money, all right? And then what he'd do is he'd buy some sort of property, he'd develop it, and then he'd rent it out to a pharmacy in the U.S., and, and so I heard about this, and, uh, and my dad heard about this, and they said, you just, you just give us some money, and in eight months, we double your money, all right? And we were like, wow, how, how does that work? And I had no idea. So I took my money, and I sent it, my dad's money, and we sent it to this guy, all right? And we were told, in eight months, it'll double. Fifteen years later, it, has not, it did not double. Fifteen years later, I had seen nothing back from that. And you know, you look back and you think, I mean, I did no research. I phoned no one to double check on this. I heard this was a hot tip. Some people had said they'd done it and they got the result. And you know what? You pay when you're stupid. Okay? That's all there is to it. All right? It was done. Now, a couple of years later, all right, uh, I heard about a company called Tesla that had just gone public. And I thought, wow, okay, I know, I know a little bit more about cars, and I did a bit more research, and I looked up on it, and I bought shares in Tesla when it was $30 a share. That has done a lot better, because I understand a lot more about the car industry and a lot more about uh, you know, future technologies. And so don't invest in things you don't really understand. Try your best to invest in things that actually do well for you. All right. Number two, what's the second Bible principle? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 says this, but divide your investments amongst many places, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. Or the NIV says this, invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. 
You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. You know, the Bible has some amazing things to say about investing, all right? And uh, it, it's very impressive. It says, yeah, listen, anyone who claims that they know all the risks or they know this is a certainty is lying, okay? No one knows all the risks that lay ahead, all right? Someone who says, I've got a sure tip, a perfect thing, you will definitely double your money or you'll do whatever, they are lying, okay? Who could have predicted what we've been through in the last couple of years? I mean, it's almost impossible, right? And so, you know, people will tell you, oh, crypto, that's the way to go. You've got to buy crypto. Maybe, maybe not, okay? The, the Bible says, do never put all your savings or all your investments in one place. Divide them amongst many places. Seven or eight ventures. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, there was a movie that came out. You guys may remember, Back to the Future. And in that movie, there was a famous car called the DeLorean. I don't know if you, do you guys remember this? Okay, it'll come up on the screen here. All right. So this was a car that was seen as the future, all right? And, and in the 70s and 80s, it was hot. And this guy who was, who was building these cars got people to put millions and millions and millions of dollars in, in, into investing this very cool car that had side-opening doors. Eventually, what happened was that he was caught selling cocaine out of the back of his car to fund this adventure, all right? And in 1982, he filed for bankruptcy, and people who had invested in it lost everything. Spread your eggs out into more than one basket. There is no one thing that's going to be fantastic for you. Be careful, all right? And so don't put all your eggs in one basket. Number three, don't try get rich quick. Don't try get rich quick. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. You know, obviously, this is one of the, the biggest dangers in the way in which we manage our money, all right, is, is that we try to get rich quick. And the Bible says that when, you, when, when greed enters your heart and when you feel like, I want to get rich quick and I want to do things, it not only damages your financial life, which it certainly can do, but it can damage your soul. It can damage your soul. And you can say, oh, but I prayed about that investment in DeLorean cars. I prayed about it. I asked God for help, all right? But if there's greed in your heart, no praying is going to make it better, okay? And we've taught over, over the years as a church, we've tried to teach that there's some great Bible principles that we should do in, in, our, in our managing our finances. And that, that the first thing we should do with our finances is what? Give. Second thing we should do is save. Third thing, live on the rest. That's right. And those are things we've tried to teach over and over and over again. That's how you manage God's resources properly, all right? Or some people call it the 10, 10, 10, 80 principle, all right? So in other words, that the first 10% that you get, that's in your budget, that goes to God. Okay, I give that to God. That is my first uh, uh, fruits of what I earn. It's my first fruits go to God. Then the next 10% I put away in savings because I'm saving for a rainy day. Rainy days come, all right? They come to all of us in different ways. And so I, I save, you know, 10% in savings. And then the 80% I live on, okay? That's how I, I manage my life. Um, my giving honors God and it keeps my heart from greed. 
Because there's nothing like giving to deal with any greed entering your heart. It's the antidote to greed, all right, is giving away. You want to deal with greed in your heart? Make sure you're giving. Saving is wise, and it protects you from rainy days and from, from difficult times, all right? And then, and that savings, once you've built up a few months' savings that you have, three months, whatever it is, the rest you can put into investing, all right? And then you live on the rest. And that helps you to live modestly. It helps you to live a modest way because you say, I'm living on the 80%. I'm not living on 110% and borrowing to try and see if I, you know, oh, my bonus will come at the end of the year. Maybe, maybe not, okay? Don't live beyond your ability, all right? And I think what happens is when, we, when, we, when greed enters our heart and we want to get rich quick, all right, we make really silly decisions. There was a guy called Charles Ponzi, okay? He became famous for a reason, all right? And this guy was in the 1920s, and what he did is he figured out a very clever way of getting people to want uh, to invest in his Ponzi scheme, all right, which we now know very well. And what he did, he said, okay, he got his first group of people, and he said, give me, all right, $1,000, and I will get you back $2,000 in X amount of weeks or months, all right? And, and they said, okay. Then he got this group of people and he said, give me a thousand dollars. All right. And I'll give you back. And what he did is he took those people's thousand dollars and he gave it to them and they doubled their money and they told their friends. They said, you won't believe it. You know, he's investing in stamps, stamps, and I'm doubling my money in a certain amount of time. So they told their friends, guys, stamps is hot. Okay, I doubled my money. So then he borrowed money from the, he got money from those guys and he gave it to this group of people. And they said, you won't believe it, man. Stamps are hot. And he just kept doing that and he kept doing that. And, but he was doing nothing except borrowing from one group and giving it to the next group. And he, he started what we all know today as a Ponzi scheme. Okay, and people, investors lost $20 million back in 1920. Now, I don't know what that is in today's terms. Uh, you know, the accountants here can tell you, but it's a lot of money, all right? And they lost it, all right? Because it was, I mean, does it make any sense that you can double your money investing in some sort of stamp? It doesn't make any sense. But, but when you're hearing people say, hey, I did it and it worked for me, I did it and it worked for me, then we, we, greed takes over. You know, Proverbs uh, 13, verse 11 says this. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. You know, if you take your time and you say, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be patient, and I'm just going to slowly but surely make my money work and, you know, invest and do my, my, my 10, 10, 80 principles, all right? Compounding is awesome. All right, compounding is incredibly powerful. So let me ask you this, all right? If I offered you, and I, I know you're going to, never mind. Let me ask you this and we'll see how you respond, all right? If I said to you, I'll give you Nico, I'll give you a million rand today, okay? Or I'll give you 10 cents every day for 30 days, but it doubles every day. 10 cents. I'll give you a million rand today, or I'll give you 10 cents over 30 days, but it doubles every day. What would you choose, Nico? 
<laughs> All right. He's smart. He's a Vitz student. Okay. And he said, give me the 10 cents. Okay. Uh, you want to know the maths on this? Guess how much you get if you take 10 cents that doubles every day. And I know some of you are already pulling out your calculator, right? All right. 5.3 million rand. Agovitz. Doubling every day. All right. You can double check the math. Some of you I can see are already typing. All right. It was on the internet. I believe it. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. It actually comes from a book. It comes from a book about compounding uh, money. And the point is there is very simple. All right. That a little bit over time, handled well, grows. It grows. Compounding grows. Get rich schemes are the worst, right? And the Bible literally says wealth from get, get rich schemes quickly disappears. All right, fourth and final point this morning the best investment ever. The best investment ever. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place that you will want to be and end up being. Now, church, as much as God wants us to be good financial stewards of what he blesses with us here on this earth, he also wants us to know earth is not our home. Earth is not the place where, where we're going to be long term. He says, he says, when you're thinking about your investments, yes, be responsible with your finances. Yes, you know, use the parable of tenants and multiply what you have on earth. But heaven is where your heart needs to be. Stockpile treasures in heaven where it is truly safe. On earth, nothing is truly safe. If it's not moths that are eating our clothes while we sit in church, they're chewing away on your clothes in your, in your cupboard, or rust that's busy eating away at your car, or burglars that are steaming, stealing your TV or your laptop, or scammers trying to get you on a, a quick rich uh, scheme. All right? Nothing on earth is truly safe only in heaven are those investments truly safe. Therefore, invest in heaven. Put your heart there. Put your treasure in heaven. Invest in your marriage and be rich with the intimacy and the partnership that God blesses you when you're, doing, when you're following the Bible's instructions about how marriages should be. Invest in your kids. Love them. Come to marriage seminars. Learn how to be a better parent. All of us need to learn how to be better parents. Not one parent can say, I got this down. Right? Look after your kids. They will look after you in your old age. Take care of them now. Amen. All right. Invest in your friendships. Bob Marley was one star. He said, someone came up to my daughter told me this. Someone came up to Bob Marley and says, are you rich? And Bob Marley says, I got so many friends. He said, no, no, no. I asked you, are you rich? He said, the biggest wealth I have is my, my wealth of friendships that I have. 
That's what really matters. Store up treasure in heaven. Invest time in helping a non-Christian get to heaven. You know, when you see that person that you've spent your, your, your evening studying the Bible with and the judgment day comes and you're standing in that queue and of course God lines us up and goats and sheep and you're standing there and that friend that you shared your faith with and studied the Bible is standing in the queue and they turn to you and say, thank you so much. Won't that be worth everything? Won't that be worth more than anything else? Say, so, oh, I'm tired. I don't like, you know, at night. I come home from work. I'm exhausted. Invest in heaven. Invest in heaven. Help people go to heaven. Strengthen the people in your Bible talk. The Bible has a lot to say about how God watches when we look after the people in our family group and we take care of them, we strengthen them. The Bible says he will not forget your labor and your Lord as you help his people, all right? Invest in heaven. Uh, store up treasures there. That's what really matters. Give your contribution. Jesus notices what we give in our contribution. The Bible talks about when, uh, when he was at church or at, uh, you know, in, in the first century, he came and stood in front of the contribution box. And he watched people walk by the contribution box and he saw what they put in. We were laughing. We said when we put up these little contribution boxes, we should put them at the front. And Ivor or Eric or somebody should stand there and watch as people walk by. I mean, we, we didn't do it. We thought it was, you know, maybe we're not Jesus. Amen. All right. But, but the point is, Jesus sees how we use our money. He notices. Invest in heaven. Make spiritual decisions about what you're going to do with your money. Give contribution. Serve in the different ministries. The church is the bride of Christ. When you love the church, you love Jesus. Serve the church. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place that you will most want to be and end up being. So church, as we wrap up this series about, about making change, it's clear, tomorrow matters. Therefore decide, less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good because tomorrow matters. God bless. Have a wonderful day.